Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you now in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we love you and we praise your holy name. Thank you so very much, Lord, for allowing us to praise and to worship you. And thank you, Lord, for your wonderful spirit, your presence, Lord, being here with us. Lord, I want to pray for each family, each person who came and gave their tithing and offering to you as an act of worship. I want to pray blessings upon them and their families. I want to pray, Lord, for each person here, Lord, they'll completely die to their will and die to themselves. I pray that you open up, Lord, their spiritual ears and eyes. They can see and hear and understand, Lord, your word. I pray for myself, Lord, that I completely die to my will. And I pray, Lord, for unlimited portion of your anointing power, your spirit to flow through me and upon me to allow the word to flow here this morning. There's someone here that needs to be born again or healed or set free or delivered from anything, Lord. Let them accept you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Uh, we're going to have the scriptures on the screen here in just one minute. And we're also going to have next to you in the pew. And that's for you to bring with you on purpose. Um, this is the third message. I have no idea how long this is going to last. Whenever I'm starting to plan something like this and God starts speaking to me, I don't plan it out. I just hear from week to week as God tells me what he wants to preach on. And I know right now he's got me going down this line called the highway of the seed. And the main reason I'm doing this is because most Christians has no understanding of who they are in Christ, where they come from, and especially young people when they go off to school and college, professors and the world, atheists, everybody else will start challenging their faith. And I cannot tell you guys how many people over the years who's been in church, who loves God, but they get out here in the world system and because they have not learned anything from God's word, their faith gets challenged. What they believe in gets challenged. I want to help you with that. That's what a pastor's job is. The fivefold ministry is not to get in here and try to give a salvation message every Sunday. That's just not scriptural. I always give an opportunity at the end, but the Bible says the fivefold ministry's job is to do what? Equip the saints so you're not tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. Don't believe everything you hear. Don't believe everything I say either, amen. Go back and check out everything we say. I mean, me and Gary's always going back and forth with each other on purpose. That's what he wants you to do. Ask questions. I want you to ask questions and learn. That's what it's all about. That's why we pass out these scriptures the way we do. Amen? Because I want you to have a foundation and know who you are in Christ. Amen? That's the most important thing. Now, so far, this is the third message, and we've only got through Adam and Eve, and we're only on the first and second dispensation and covenant and so we got a long, long way to go with this, and I'm not going to rush it. I was trying to get to Seth today, and God slowed me down and said, there's a whole lot more I want you to see. What folks don't realize is this. A lot of things you see in the earth today, and the things that we're around and we just take for granted, it's there, don't realize it comes straight from God's Word. So I'm going to be showing you some things today, some questions as we're going through this bloodline. I want to make you to see because today we're hitting the curse part. If you'll go to Genesis 4, Genesis 4, we've already gone through Adam and Eve. We've already gone through uh, Cain has murdered Abel. Um, and now we're going to pick back up after that took place. And now we're going to look at the curse that starts down this bloodline. This is very interesting here. Look at verses 11 and 12. And now, this is, this is God speaking to uh, uh, Cain. 
Now art thou cursed from the earth, and hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. And when thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength, a fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. Now this is important that you understand the difference here. Because remember, his father also was cursed from the earth, Adam, because of what his sin was. But the difference between him and Cain was is God made it to where Adam can still work the earth and sweat by his brow and could get something from the earth. Cain could not. Because of Cain's spilt blood and murdered the way he did, he could work that ground all he wanted to and nothing was going to produce from him. Now, on purpose, because of that, how many people that has ever lived in a city before? Seriously, in a, in a big city. Where do you think it comes from? Most folks don't realize cities come from Cain. And why does it come from Cain? Because he can't be a farmer anymore. I'm going to show it to you in Scripture. See, he was a farmer of the land. Remember, he brought his fruit to God as an offering. And God said, no, I don't want that. That's your own work. I require blood sacrifice. Remember that from the last, the last two weeks? So because of Cain could not work the ground and he was cursed from that. Now his daddy could get, still getting some from it. He goes off and he's going to start the very first civilization. I'm going to show it to you in scripture. So I want you to see where these things come from. Because if you've been to a city, what happens? You go to a city, it's like a big jungle concrete, iron, steel, the whole bit, and you get all the produce and all the things from the earth shipped in. You're not doing it yourself. Have y'all been there before? Anybody? Okay. That's what, I want you to see where this comes from. So y'all with me so far. Have, have I got your curiosity up here, okay? Let's just see what God's word really has to say. So let's go back and look at his daddy first. Look at Genesis 3. Genesis 3. And go to look at verses 17, 18, and 19. This is what happened here. It says, Unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns and thistles shall uh, it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face thou shalt eat bread till thou return unto the ground. For out of it was thou taken, for dust thou art, unto dust thou shalt be returned. So it's very important that you understand the differences between Adam and Cain. The different punishment was is that Cain could not get nothing at all from the ground as much as he tried. Now, he could get his family to do it, his kids to do it, people around him to do it, but it would not produce back to him. This was why he was called a vagabond. Let's kind of, let's kind of go over this, a fugitive and a vagabond. How many ever seen a criminal out here who's running for the law? What is he called? A fugitive. He's on the run. They're looking for him. Let me give you the actual definition of a, of a fugitive. A person who has escaped from a place or is in hiding, especially to avoid arrest or persecution. A vagabond, I'm sure you've seen many of these out here, is a person who wanders from place to place without a home or a work or a job, um, 
the very, the very thing that, that Cain had from the ground, that's what he was, was a farmer, was taken away from him. He has no home now. He's been sent away from the very place of Eden. Now, y'all seen this, anybody? I want you to understand what's taking place. So now go back to Genesis 4, and let's look at verses 13 and 14. This is important that we see what's taking place here. Very, very interesting here. Now, Cain responds back to God and says this, And Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth. How many here knows God's one who created the earth system and there's, there's life there, okay? Now, there's also scriptures in the New Testament. I didn't bring them out for you. I'm just going to kind of just show you what they are to where once the curse hit with Adam and Eve until the very end, it says the earth is groaning and moaning for the anointing, the power of God to flow back into us and through the earth system. And this is why it's important because even you now, you and I can go ahead and work the ground, plant your nice garden and vegetables. You still have to fight what? Roots and weeds and everything else, but you can still do it. Petra Cain could not. This is important. Watch this. Verses 14. Behold, thou hast driven me from out this day from the face of the earth, and from the faith, and from thy face, he says, shall I be hid, and shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. And it shall come to pass that everyone that findeth me shall slay me. Okay, let's stop right here and ask the obvious question. Who is that? I mean, I've been asked this for 25 years over the years, so I want to address some of these questions that you might be addressed with when you are here in the world system and your professor or some atheist hits you with this question. Here's Adam and Eve. They have Cain and Abel. Cain is sent out, and all of a sudden now he's saying what? You know what? This is important. He's, he's afraid. Look at verses 14 again. He's driven out. Um, from thy face shall, shall be hid, and a fugitive I shall be, and everyone that find me shall slay me. Who's everyone? Think about this. Who is everyone that's going to find him? Is it Adam and Eve? Is it anybody that's in the family? Who's going to slay him? So here's the question everybody comes up with. Who's he talking about here? Is the Bible wrong? No, the Bible's not wrong. Okay, so let me kind of help you understand here what's going on because I've had the exact same questions that you have for many, many, many years. All right, first of all, it's real simple. Either God created, because the Bible don't tell us the answer to this question. Either God created more people besides Adam and Eve and stuck them out here somewhere, which I don't think that, but some believe that. I don't. Or let's look at the next possibility. If you go back and look at the Jewish uh, Talmud and the Jewish Hebrew history, what you will find is, is, is that Adam and Eve, they have recorded, had 33 sons and 23 daughters. What you're seeing in Scripture here, it's, in, it's important to understand this, Scripture is laying out a biblical understanding about the line seed of Christ. It's not going to go over every single detail of every single family member. Now, this is why that's important that you see what's taking place here. So, you can believe what you want, but 
it's either, it's real simple, it's either going to have to be um, his sister or his niece that he ends up marrying here in just a minute because there's more people on the earth. Okay, who's going to kill him? Is, is this more folks just floating in the air out there? So I want you to see this, okay, because what does the Bible really say and how is it written in Scripture? So picture in your mind, first of all, go, go to Genesis 5. Let me show you something here before I move on with this right here. This might help you understand this more. Genesis 5. Because how many here knows there is a 130-year period? Now watch. When Cain killed Abel, and Abel was that spiritual man that was killed. We know, I've already showed you the last two weeks why it was done through Satan trying to stop the spiritual seed line. 130 years goes by before Seth, the next line, is born. So do you really believe that Adam and Eve is on the earth? Hey, hon, hey, husband, how you doing? We're never going to be husband and wife and be with you for the next 130 years. Do you really believe that? No, I don't either. It's just not recorded. I'm trying to get you to understand there's, there's a spiritual line that is trying to show you from, from, from Cain to Abel to Seth, but I guarantee you other uh, daughters and sons were born as well. Now, that's my opinion. I can't, there's no way I can show because the Bible, nobody can tell you the answer to that. But as a Christian, you don't need to have some professor or atheist trying to push the Bible away like it's not real. It's very real. So let me show you that part of it. We're going to kind of jump ahead here about, about Seth. It's a little bit. Genesis 5, 1 through 5. This is the book of generations of Adam. In the day, now watch this, that God created man in the likeness of God, he, him. What's it talking about there? This is the fall or acts before the fall. What's the spiritual man that he created? The spiritual man is called Adam or Adam. He created male and female in his image. What is God's image? Spiritual man. Okay, that's what he created first. That fell in the garden and they died spiritually. Now you got to understand that. That's what Abel represented. Cain was a mere man of the earth. Abel was not. That's why it's important. Abel always goes back. I showed you last week how he was righteous. Okay, so what's he saying right here in, in, this, in this chapter? Look, look at verses uh, 2. Male and female, he created them and blessed them and called their names Adam or Adam. Called their names Adam. If you look the word up in the Hebrew, they both were called Adam or Adam. That's a spiritual ter 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 terminology there. It says, in the day they were created. And Adam lived 130 years. Underline this and begot a son in his own likeness. Okay, what's it talking about there? Watch. After his image and call his name Seth. Underline that. And the days of Adam after he had begotten Seth were 800 years, and he begot sons and daughters, it adds that in there as well, and all the days of Adam lived were 930 years, and he did. Now, I will get into it deeper about what's talking about here, but this is going back to the spiritual original line before the fall. 
That's why it's important to see Satan try to stomp out the bloodline, the spiritual seed, and God said, no, it's not going to happen. And as we get into it next week, you're going to see how God replaces that, which represents Jesus Christ through Seth, and you're going to start running all the way until Jesus Christ. Are y'all with me so far? This is why you need to understand this. Satan's a liar. How many of you knows that? <laughs> and he's also a murderer from the very beginning. Now go back to Genesis 4. I'm going to give him that. I was going to skip over this. And God said, no, don't do that. Teach it. I want you to understand this. Before I get into the spiritual line of Seth, look at, look at Genesis 4 and go over to verses 15. Now, I'm just going to address this. <clears throat> now, because this has been asked to me many a times, and I've seen so many false teachings out here over this kind of garbage. I want you to see this. You might have heard this before as well. Okay? So look at Genesis 15. Now God speaks after Cain says, Hey, if somebody finds me, they're going to kill me. Now watch, they're going to slay me. Verses 15, And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, who's he talking to? Whoever so, so, you know, comes against Cain and tries to kill him, who's he talking to? Okay? It's the family. That's what you got to understand here, guys. This is why people miss this. Vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And on the word sevenfold, this is important. You're going to see as they get through this next part. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain that as anyone finding him should kill him. Okay? Now, what he did was wrong. Yes, it was. But let me tell you what the mark is all about because most people have missed this. First of all, the whosoever here that can kill him, again, has to be his brothers, his sisters, his nephews, his nieces, all that. Because think about it, even in your own life. You get married, you have kids, they get married, they have kids, and on down the line, the sisters and brothers-in-laws and sisters-in-law. And how many, we don't even live that long now, and yet we got all kind of family. Can you imagine here how much family they have? This is how God laid it out, hallelujah. Okay? Now, some don't want to believe that. That's fine. We can speculate all day long, but I'm just showing you what the Bible says. Okay? And I can't tell you for sure. That's my opinion. It's brothers and sisters and nieces and nephews he's talking to. Nobody else can say for, for definitely what he's talking about there because he don't tell us that. Amen? But does that make God's word less credible? Not at all. God only shows you what he wants you to know. The most important thing here is the spiritual bloodline that leads back to him. Hallelujah. That's the most important thing. Okay? Now, with saying that, he puts a mark upon Cain. Now, this is important. This mark was for Cain's protection, not punishment. He's already got his curse put upon him. His curse was, well, you try to work this ground, dude, it ain't going to work. You can do all you want. You can sweat like you did it by your brow. It's going to produce nothing to you, okay? That's bad enough curse as it is. So how's he going to eat? How's he going to live? What's he going to do? He's a vagabond. He's a fugitive, Okay? So he puts a mark on him. What is the mark? Again, no one knows. But let me tell you, uh, the Hebrew word is O-T-H or O-W-T-H, however you want to pronounce it. It actually goes back to a sign, an omen, uh, a warning, uh, or remembrance, divine protection from premature death is what the Hebrew means. 
Now let me show you some false teachings that's out here, and I've heard this stupid stuff my whole life. I know the Lodge, the Masons, and folks like that used to teach the stupidness that Cain had his skin turned black, and hence where black men come from. Who has ever heard that stupidness? Okay, that's not biblical at all. But this is where people get this dumb, dumb stuff from. That Cain, the mark upon him was black skin. So all folks out here with black skin are cursed from God. How many here knows that's a lie from the, from the, from the pit of hell? I'm just trying to show you where all you religious uh, garbage people like him in the world takes that kind of stuff, and that's nowhere in Scripture that that happens. Matter of fact, I'm just going to tell you this right here as well, it never also says that no one but Cain has that curse upon him. It don't say his kids does. It doesn't say that his wife does. His kids, his wife, all the rest of them can till the ground if they want to and they're going to produce something. It's just him. Are y'all seeing this, anybody? I'm just trying to show you because people are taking stuff out of context and it's all because they want to keep their prejudice stuff going. I've watched this in discrimination. I've seen it happen over the years in groups and things like that that is not in the Bible, period. It's just not there. Okay, so if anybody ever tries to pull that garbage out, that happened to me about, I guess when I was in my 20s, I heard this dumbness teaching from that, and I thought, where do you get that from? It's not in Scripture. It's not in the Hebrew. It's nowhere at all. You're just making this kind of stuff up because you want to you have a reason to be prejudiced. It's not Scripture at all. Okay, I'm just trying to show you here how this kind of stuff comes up. Now, so let's kind of let's go into this deeper to make sure. What is the mark and why did God put it there for at this time, remember, we're not got down the seed line yet. At this time, there is no law. You're going to find out as we get through up to Noah. Let me just show you what it says about Noah here. I'm going to kind of jump forward just a little bit. You can understand what, 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 what I'm talking about here. Genesis 9, 6 says this right here. Whosoever sheddeth man's blood, which is murder, by man shall his blood be shed. For in the image of God made he man. Now that's in Noah's time, okay? If you back it up here, the law is not in effect yet, okay? So God puts for protection upon him because God's not wanting everybody to run out here and start murdering each other. But by the time they go through the bloodline and it hits Noah, God has to lay it out in a law about what murder really is. And you're going to see this as we get through this because of a lot of, a lot of the false teachings that's out here. Okay? So now, go back to Genesis 4 and let's look at verses 16. Okay? Again, we're, we're, we're staying in scripture context of what it's talking about. This here is the very first civilization on the earth. Okay, I'm not against cities, but for me personally, I just live out in the country all day long. Okay, and I guess the reason is because cities, again, you can't go out there and dig inside the concrete and grow anything. You can sit here and sweat, right? Y'all been here on top, but there's nothing wrong with it. For me personally, now some folks love it, and that's fine. Okay, but just know who built the cities, the very first civilizations go back to Cain. Look at verses 16 and 17, what it says. It says, and Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod uh, on the east of Eden. Okay, God sent him away. 
The word nod means wondering. And watch this. It does not say in the next verse that Cain goes here looking for a wife. I've heard that stuff taught before. That's not in Scripture. That's not what it says at all. Okay, look at this. Look, look, look at the next verse. And, and then it says, and Cain knew his wife. So he's just wandering out here in the wilderness. And, oh, you're my wife. Come on. That's not what it says. Okay, but people have tried to make stories up over the years. What does it say? And Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bare Enoch, and he built a city and called the name of, of, that, of that city after the name of his son. So what's the very first civilization city called? Enoch. Now, why is this important? Uh, first of all, let's kind of look at this and make sure you understand this. Most scholars, most people believe and understand this. When Cain killed Abel, they were not little boys. When Cain killed Abel, they had to already be in their 30s and 40s at that point. I believe, and don't tell us again, that Cain and Abel were both already married. I, here's why I know, understand this. When Cain left and was sent out to wonder, his wife had to go with him. It does not say he's going there looking for a wife. His wife had to be a sister or a niece. God allowed that then, okay? I'm just telling you, my, that's my personal opinion because the Bible does not tell us. But it also does not tell us that he's going to this land looking for a wife. I used to believe that because someone told me that. But you start looking at the scripture, it doesn't say that. Not one bit does it say that. Are y'all with me so far? I'm just trying to show you what the Bible really says. And you have to take your own understanding of what you think it means and what it says. But what I want you to understand is this. Please get a hold of this. The Enoch here, his son, do not, do not, that's what Satan always does, do not get that Enoch confused with the Seth line of Enoch. There's two different ones. Okay? You're going to say Seth is going to have an Enoch in that line, which is the spiritual seed line. This Enoch is not. That's why it's important. And I've heard people get confused on that. So just look at this inscription in context, and you'll see this. Because Seth line goes back to Noah, which is where Christ is going to come from. Now, if you read later, and I ain't going to go through the whole thing for, for, because of time's sake, but if you read later, Genesis 4, 16 through 22, what you're going to find is every single thing you need for a city is mentioned here. It even goes back to music. It goes back to harp and organs. It goes back to brass. It goes back to iron. All these things you see in a big city to build it up is all mentioned there through his line. Go pass it on down, and you'll see this, this city is being built. Okay, I just want you to see where it comes from. So when you're out here in the world today, you know the very first city, the very first civilization ever built, it goes right back to Cain. Y'all with me so far? Yes, no, maybe. Okay, y'all with me? Okay. Now go to Genesis 4 and look at verses 23 and 24. This is important. How many understands the first murder has already happened with Cain? Okay, y'all understand that. Now here's where the confusion comes in. Over the years growing up, I've had people argue and fight with me. I even had one right here in this church years ago that was a senator, and he wanted to fight me about, about this. 
and I had to give him scripture to prove what I'm saying, so I'm going to give you the same scripture today. Okay? It's important to know this. How many knows there is a difference between murder and killing? There's a huge difference. And let me tell you, all the King James folks out here, I have nothing against King James. I use it all the time. But I also correct it when it's not right. Okay? And I'm going to show it to you in Scripture because the new King James has already corrected it. And all the other versions, I'll give them to you in this minute, has already corrected it. But if you don't understand this and you're religious, you'll read something and say, well, my Bible says it, so it's all that way. No, in context, if you've got to go and study and look at what God really says, because right here you have Cain has already committed a murder. Now, if you go down his line, I didn't count him up, but I think it's like his sixth or seventh grandchild generations down. Look at verses 23 and 24, what happens. Watch. Now, this will be his, I guess, great, 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 great grandpa, Cain was. Watch this. And Lamech said unto his wives, they had more than one wife, Ada and Zillah, hear my voice, you wives of Lamech. Hearken unto my speech, for I have slain a man. Now watch. Still in the same family line, but it's going to be different here. To my wounding. Underline the word my wounding. And a young man to my hurt. Verses 24. If Cain shall be avenged sevenfold. Remember earlier I showed you, God said anybody who touches Cain... I'm going to get you seven pole. Y'all remember that? He says here, truly Lamech, 70 times seven. What's all this talking about? Okay? What all this is talking about, guys, is this. Let me just kind of uh, make sure you understand this. Killing and murder is different. How many here knows the Bible does not say in the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not kill? My Bible says that. No, it don't. It does not. Okay, let me show you what it says. God, King James, you can look at it. I'm going to show it to you in mind first. Exodus 20, 13. What does it say? Thou shalt not kill. There it is, Greg. No, that's mistranslation. Anybody who has any study Bible at all knows the Hebrew all the way from the NIV, the New King James Version, the English Standard Version, any of them, okay, the, all of them goes back and it says, Thou shalt do no murder. There is a difference. The reason Lamet was saying here, saying to my hurt was this, it's called self-defense. And I'm going to show it to you in Scripture. If someone tries to hurt you and you hurt them back, that's called self-defense. God does not hold you accountable as he did Cain who murdered somebody. Now, I'm trying to show you this for a reason. That's why I didn't want to move on and just keep going until you really understand what it's talking about here because most people miss this. And I love King James. That's fine, but that's not what it says in translation. Okay? What happened then was when they translated it, most of the time they will correct it in the margin where it says, thou shalt do no murder. If you don't see that, you'll think killing is killing. No, it's not. Even the law, as we go through, and, and I'm telling you, though he knows about, about the law, it is okay, church, to support a government that puts to death a rapist or a murderer out here. You cannot say, well, I'm a Christian. I don't believe in, in killing. That's not what the Bible says. 
But people sits here and takes it out of context. Okay? It costs more money and more tax dollars to keep some Joe Blow up inside of a, inside of a, a jail for 50 years trying to rehabilitate him. That don't always work. If the law says he's put to death over this, it is okay even if you're on jury duty and you have to vote that way. The Bible makes it clear in law. There's a difference between killing and murder, and I'm going to show it to you in Scripture. Okay, I'll make sure you understand this. There's been so much fight over this, but remember, the first city come out of Cain, <laughs> the first murder come out of Cain, and the first self-defense comes out of Cain. How many here has ever known somebody? If you have, don't, don't, tell, don't tell me. Have you ever known somebody, a friend, family, or whatever, has ever killed someone by accident? How many here know, knows you're not held accountable for that? I'm going to show it to you in Scripture. Self-defense, you're not held accountable for that. It's important that you think of preventing someone from breaking into your home and you kill them. You're not held accountable for that. I'm going to show it to you in Scripture. That's what, that's what the guy was trying to argue for with, with, with me one day. Uh, and and, and uh, it was a senator here. i tell you what the Bible really, I care what God says, not what man says. Okay? Um, protecting the innocent. You're not held accountable for that. If you have to kill someone to, to protect someone, it's okay. All these are legal in God's eyes. So let me give you some scriptures to prove on what I'm saying to you. By, because of time's sake, just write these down. I'll bring them with you, okay? Accidental death is not murder. You can go to Exodus 21, verses 12 through 13, and Numbers 35, verses 23 through 25, and God addresses that very subject right there. If you accidentally kill... I had a friend of mine one time was, was driving through uh, town, not here, but up in Rome, and a, a little old lady walked out in front of him on, on the crosswalk, and he went paying attention, hit her, and killed her. Was it bad? Yes. Was it awful? Yes. Did he do it on purpose? Should he go to jail for murder? No. That's accidental death. You get punished some, yeah. But I'm just trying to show you, there's not, it's not the same as what Cain did. It's definitely not the same by what his great-great-great-great-great-grandchild did. Okay? So I want you to see this is important. I know it's quiet in here, but y'all listen to this. Um, it's important. Self-defense. If someone breaks into my house tonight, okay, I'll be praying for them as I'm shooting them. Seriously. I don't want to kill nobody. I really don't. But if you're breaking into my home to hurt my family, I will shoot you. Period. I really will. And most of you guys know what I'm talking about. If you have to, mamas, it's much trying to hurt your kids, protect them. Protect them, whatever it takes. Don't say, well, God says thou shalt not kill. No, it does not. The Bible says thou shalt do no murder. There's a difference. I'm going to show it to you in Scripture. Protect your babies. Protect your young ones. Whatever it takes. If you don't have a gun, then use a bat, use a rock, whatever you got to use. Protect your family. Amen? It's okay. I'm just trying to show what the Bible really says. Because this kind of stuff has been fighting in churches forever. Exodus 22, 2 says this. If a thief be found breaking up and be smitten that he die, thou shall no blood be shed for him. In translation, here's what it says. If a thief is caught breaking in and is 
um, struck so that he dies, the defender is not guilty of bloodshed. That's what the Bible says. I don't care what man says. I care what God says. Okay, I'm just trying to show you biblically. Okay, If you're trying to save a life of an innocent person, read later Exodus 2, verses 11 through 12, and Genesis 14, verses 14 through 16, and you'll see God gives you the same answer there as well. So, most folks don't understand this. They get mad at all these things happening. Listen, protect your family. Murder comes from the heart, okay? This Lamech here was not out to kill some young man. He even told his wives, I was being wounded. Someone's coming against me. I've got to defend myself. And it's okay to do that. Are y'all with me so far? Yes, no, maybe. I've had this question asked to me over the years because of military, because of soldiers. Hey, lift them up. Policemen, lift them up. I'm going to show you in Scripture what I'm talking about here. Most folks know what I mean by this. I'm going to show it to you in Scripture. But if you are a soldier, it's not your fault about what, about what politicians do. It's not your fault who makes the decisions. If you're in the Army, Air Force, Marines, any of that kind of stuff, and you're having to fight World War I, World War II, or any of them, and you're protecting your country, you are not held accountable for murder, period. You're not. That's what the Bible says. There's a difference between the two. Go over to one of my favorite scriptures, and I use this a lot. If you know any policeman, anybody who's, um, who's um, in that field, Show them these scriptures right here. Show them to your soldiers and your militaries. Show them to your mayors. Show them to your presidents. Show all the ones, because this is supposed to be in scripture. Hallelujah. You're not held accountable for murder. But I'm going to tell you, there's a reason, reason why God sets up the law. You're going to see as we go through this all the way to Noah. Now watch. And again, I'm not saying all people are good. I'm not saying that. I'm talking about what's right and wrong. Watch. Romans 13, verses 1 through 4. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. So if a policeman pulls you over after a while, just obey what he says. Obey the man. Right or wrong, obey him. Why? Because he has a power position, whether you like it or not, do what he says. If you're standing in front of a judge, see how long you last. And you start getting cocky with a judge. Why? He's got power. He's got authority. And it's ordained of God. So is that policeman's job. So is that mayor. So is that soldier. So is, are y'all seeing this, anybody? See how long you last. I, it's funny to watch to watch a judge and he's trying to be lenient on somebody. You watch on the internet and the person gets all cocky and cracks some kind of grin or smile. It's not what you say, what you do. Add on 10 more years, add on 10 more days. I can't believe it. Add on five more. He has the power to do that. Why? It comes from God. Does that make any sense? Is there corrupt out here? Yes, and everything we do. There's corrupt, sorry pastors as well. That's corrupt, sorry, anything you think where you go. But God's created the actual positions. It's like me. I'm in a position. That's all this is. The, the, the actual position that I'm in is holy. doesn't make me all that. I'm not all that, except in Christ. Look at this. Verses 2. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinances of God. 
and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. That's what God says. That's not what I say. It's not my opinion. Look at this. And look at what's happening in the world today. Fight against authority. Fight against everything. Do it our way. Ah, just anarchy on the streets. That's of the devil. That's got nothing to do with God. For rulers are not a terror to good works. Why do you think we have to go to war most of the time? You got some crazy nutcase over here that's killing all these people and all these things and America and Britain and everybody has to go. He's like Hitler. Why would we all want to sit back and watch Hitler just do his thing? Can you imagine what it have been? You got to go back and fight and stomp out evil. If someone comes into your house now trying to bring evil into your house, stomp it out. Stomp it out. You might not feel good. You might not want to do it, but you got to do it. That's what the Bible says. Look at this right here. For rulers are not of the terror of good works but evil. Will thou then be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is what? What does it look at? What does it say? He's a minister of God. That policeman, that soldier, that mayor is in a minister of God, just like I am behind this pulpit. Mine's in a different role. There's to fight against evil. If someone breaks into your house and that, God will give you, Christian, an anointing to fight against evil. Mambas, you know what I'm talking about. Watch how somebody tries to hurt your little kids. Watch, that, uh, watch how fast you, you jump up. You watch how fast when a teacher starts saying or doing something to your little children. You watch how you rise up. You might be only five foot tall, but you'll be ten foot two foot tall fighting that teacher. Y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? Where does that come from? That's the anointing of God. Good fighting against evil. Y'all seen this, anybody? It says, he's a minister of God for, for, for thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, he says, be afraid. They need to be afraid. They need to be afraid. All these folks out here who wants to hurt us, they need to be afraid. They're not your friends. So all these goofy folks out here and politicians who wants to make the enemy your buddy, Read God's word. Read God's word because they're not your buddy. They want to hurt you bad. So we have got to have bigger weapons. We've got to have stronger army and you don't want to have to use them but you want them to be afraid of you. That's what the Bible says. Y'all seen this anybody? Be afraid for he beareth not a sword in vain for he is a minister of God revenger to execute wrath upon uh, them that doeth evil. Y'all saying this. So I'm just going to stop right here on purpose because I want to make sure that I brought this out today. Give these scriptures to whoever you need to. But remember, through Cain, yes, he murdered somebody and he was judged and punished. His family line had self-defense, which is different, just like us today. Y'all seen this, anybody? So So what does the world want to do? Take your guns away. Take everything away from you. Why? Well, that gun's evil, ain't it? No, it's not. Is that bow and arrow evil? Is that rock evil? Is that knife evil? No. It's the people behind it that's evil. Is money evil? No, it's the people behind it that's evil. What's behind it, good or evil, light or darkness? Y'all seeing this? Guns don't go off by themselves. Sorry. And now don't just jump up and start chasing you around the house in the air by itself. Don't work that way. Banks don't get robbed by themselves either. 
And nobody's forcing cocaine and, and all these drugs down, down your throat. That's some, a choice you make, just like Adam and Eve, just like Cain and Abel makes choices. You make a choice. And yes, if you make some bad choices, God can forgive you and God can help you get off of them. But listen, God helping you and loving you and forgiving you is not the same as giving you permission to stay and do evil. Y'all getting a hold of this? You got kids, you love them, they're on drugs, love them. Don't give them money to go buy drugs. Take it away from them. They not like it, then that's love. If you know they're going to do it, I need this, that, okay, you're going to buy the coat. You, you, you're going to buy what, what they need, but don't give them the money for, for, for them to go buy it. And if they start trading it in to get the drugs, then stop altogether giving them anything. I mean, I'm just trying to show you how this kind of stuff works. There's good and there's evil. There's killing, there's murder. Do I want to go kill somebody? Not at all. Ask policemen or, or military who has to go through that. It's not easy. If you don't shut anybody, it's not easy. But if you have to do it, God will give you the anointing, the power to do it to defend your family. Why? Because God knows there's evil out here. Does that make any sense? So I want you to now think about as, we, as, the, as the rest of this week, we're going to start getting into the Seth line next week. Think about where the first city comes from. Think about the murder and the killing, where it comes from. It's all in Scripture. So don't ever feel guilty if you have to, to defend yourself. Amen? Can we all stand to our feet? Hope you got something out of this today. My whole calling is to teach you, to help you, to make you think. Go back and do research yourself. Amen? Because I don't know about you, but I get excited about God's Word. I really do. All the other things around me is just secondary. But God's work for me is primary. It's the foundation. Amen? As we get ready to close here, they start playing some music. Listen, if you're here today, I always give you the opportunity and you're not born again, this is your opportunity. I can't save you. And you cannot be saved whenever you want to. You can't just say a Romans Road prayer. That don't, that don't exist. So what happens is the Word of God has been preached and taught. Jesus Christ did die for you on the cross. Hallelujah. He was buried here. He resurrected for you. That's biblical. Now, as the Holy Spirit is here, if you feel the conviction in your heart, you need Jesus Christ, then yeah, you can be saved right now. Right where you're standing, or you can come to the front, or you can kneel where you are, whatever God tells you to do. There's no magical formula. Ask for forgiveness, repent of your sins. And when you do, I promise you this, he wants to save you. He wants to, he wants to be born again in Him. And it can change your whole life. Then at that point, it's where you're supposed to start becoming a disciple and growing in God's Word. Amen? So what's your need today? There's nothing too big for God. If you are a Christian, just be obedient to what He tells you to say or do. Amen? If you need to come pray for a loved one, then you do that. Thank you guys for coming. I love you guys. I hope you enjoyed this. I got some out of it. Um, if not, I always preach to myself, so it's all right. Um, if you can't come back on Wednesdays, we're going line by line in the book of Acts. Very, very, very deep teaching, so please come for that. Uh, Gary, you mind closing in prayer?